אני לא עושה לרקורד זום, בעזרת השם. אוקיי, שכח, שבוע טוב. אוקיי, so we left it a little bit in in the bottom of 49B2. Okay, so we are in 49B2 in the English, B, 49B2, and that's what it is, okay? So, if you remember, the Mishnah was speaking things, materials, <laughs> sorry, that can be used to insulate on a Friday. What is the, what is the criteria? The criteria is shouldn't be things that increase the heat. If you don't increase the heat, you are okay. So says the Gemara. The Gemara quotes a part of the Mishnah that stated Begizet Semer is the very last paragraph in the page 49b2. Begizet Semer ben metaltilin. One may insulate with wool shearings, but we you are not allowed to move them. We're going to see soon what or why, which situation these shearings of wool are mugse, are forbidden to use for other purposes. And we spoke about it in the previous page because these things are used usually to make thread out of it. Like people are going to take the shearings of wool and they're going to weave into threads and they're going to make garments. So a person doesn't want to use them like this on Shabbos because if they get dirty, then the threads are going to be dirty and that's why he doesn't want to use them and that's why they are muxi. So initially the Gemora brings that initially the Gemora thought Robe said the following regarding the Mishnah. Loshanu, when the Mishnah said that these shearings are mukse, they didn't mean to, well, they, they meant except Ela Shelotaman Bayen. Only if they weren't used for insulation. But if they were already used once for insulation, then they're not any longer mukse. Now, the Gemara right away is going to question this. Because clearly in the Mishnah, we're talking when they were used for insulation. So it's very interesting. It's the first time I remember seeing this. A certain student of one day's standing is the first time I ever, I've learned a few Gemoras, it's the first time I ever come across a Gemora that brings somebody, they call him a student for, for one day. So look over there in the brackets and in the, over there in the footnotes. Seems to be this student was the first time was in the yeshiva. And he heard that ruling that, that was said in the name of Rove, that if you insulate, then the shearings are not mukse. Shmuel, can you hear me properly? 
Okay, great, thank you. So he challenged from the Mishnah. So says the Mishnah, Tovlin begizet semer. Or Mishnah says a person can do insulation with these shearings, ven metaltelin son, and then he cannot move them. And then the Mishnah continues, which actually in the following page, Gemara is going to clarify this. When it's time for him to take out the food out of his pot, what does he do? He removes the lid and then it's con indirect moving. So you let these shearings to fall. And then we have a whole argument we're going to see today with Rato Shem with between the Chochomim and Rabbi Eliezer ben Azaria, how mukse they are, how mukse they no are. But clearly we're talking in shearings that were used for insulation. And you clearly see that they are mukse. So what's going on with Rabbi? So the game was going to offer two answers. The first answer is that really Rabbi never said that that we thought initially. Ela, itmar achitmar. Rather, what Robert really said was a different thing. What did he say? Omar Robert, lo shanu ela shelo ichadan leatmana. Oh, when was it been taught that these shearings are mukse? Only when they were never designated for insulation. Aval ichadan leatmana metal telinosan. But if they were uh, already, how you call it, uh, designated permanently for insulation, then you can move them. So, meaning to say, look in the addition of the Askul. According to this revised version, Robert would agree that merely using the shearings for insulation at one time, without saying, you know, this permanently are going to be my insulation materials, designatingly for all the Shabbosim, then just a once-off wouldn't take them away from being mukse. Once you decide, you know, from now on, I will always use these shearings for insulation, then you are not planning to use them anymore to make threads out, uh, out of them. So therefore, they are not mukse. This is one answer. But then the Gemara brings a different answer that in this case, the Gemara really establishes back our initial understanding of what Rove said. How come? Idmar Nami, there was also said that Kiyasa Rabin, Amar Rabbi Yaakov, Amar Rabbi Asi, when Ishmael Amar Rebbe, so when all these rabbis came, I'm sorry, now this is, this is going back to, to, to the, the answer we just said. It was said the same thing, okay? What the Mishnah said that they are mukse is only when a person didn't designate them permanently for atmana, for insulation. But once a person decided, I will always insulate with these sharings, they are not mux anymore. So this is the very same. Now Ravina is going to go back to the initial way 
the Brisa was taught. I mean, not the Brisa. Rav explained the Mishnah. Rabbi Noimer, Ravina said, actually, Rabbi Zuling, as originally stated, it's okay that merely using the wool shearings even once already makes them not to be muksi. Now you have a kasha that in the Mishnah it says that they are muksi. So the Mishnah is not speaking with normal shearings. The Mishnah is talking Beshel Eftek Shano. What is Eftek? Eftek is shearings of a warehouse. So those are special shearings that people intend to use them for different purposes. So regarding those, the Mishnah was said, if a person did insulation with those shearings, those are mukse. But if a person merely uses normal shearings, even once, they are not mukse anymore. Okay? So why? Because these warehouse shearings are a merchant stocks on his shelves for sale. So such shearings, even if removed from the shelves once, but the, the person wants to sell them again. Oh, one second. I need to put... Okay, sorry about that. I have plugged my laptop. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. I had plugged my laptop, but I forgot to switch the, the switch on. So the, the computer was telling me I'm running a lot of battery. I just needed to put it on again. Okay, so, so just regarding those shearings, the ones of a warehouse, because the owner of the shearings wants to sell them, they will remain muksi. But Arabi was referring to normal shearings. Those are not muksi. Look, Shmuel, and everybody listening to our recording, it's very important to go to footnote number two. Number two, yeah. Yeah, one in page 50. Oh, Mazel to Shmuel, page 50. Gewaltig, okay. Look, 50A1. Go to the footnote number two. Now, we just ended up saying that normal shearings, even if used once, they're not muksa anymore. Now, this seems to contradict Abayas ruling that we did two pages ago, 48a. Remember regarding the flockings. Flockings, it's also materials, like little mate materials also made out of wool or made of cotton, that pe people are planning to use them to, to put it inside pillows. Remember. So let's keep on reading over here. So regarding those flockings, according to Abaye, they remain mukse even after being used for insulation. Because remember that Abaye said, just because this person for one Shabbos couldn't find straw, and he ended up insulating with these uh, flockings, that means he won't use the flockings anymore to stuff pillows, obviously not. So even if you use them once, they're going to remain mukse. So how come now Robert is saying that if you use sharings once, 
for insulation, they are not MOOCs anymore. So, says over here, this is going to be Toysos. Given that the Gemora does not point out that Robert here disputes Abaye from above, so we must say that there's a difference between the flockings and the shearings. Okay? So we must say that Abaye was referring especially to flockings from a warehouse. So if we say that the Abaye is from a warehouse, it's just like over here, shearings from a warehouse, those, if you only uses, use them one, once, is not enough not to be mukse. That's one answer. Alternatively, there's another answer. We can say that in general, flockings are more valuable than wool shearings. So those, well, one who uses wool shearings for insulation even once, already they're not mukse because uh, he might be keep on using them, but flockings is not enough to use them once because is likely to return them afterwards to the primary purpose of making felt. Okay? I think it was important to go into this footnote because it helps two things. It helps to, first of all, remember things that we learned. And then by comparing them, it helps to, to understand them better and, and, and get a remembering better. Okay? So basically, we have two ways of understanding our Mishnah. Let's sum up. Either our Mishnah, according to the first explanation, it was talking um, that uh, normal shearings, if you only use, use them once, they're going to become mukse. But according to, if you only use them once, they're, they're going to retain their mukse status. And according to the second answer, no. Even if it's in once, there are no mooks anymore. And the Mishnah was referring to shearings of a warehouse. Okay. And the Gemara brings up Raisa supporting this second understanding. Tony Namiyahi also was taught in a Raisa. Gizet Semer Shel Aptek. The wool shearings of a warehouse. En metal telinoisan. You are not allowed to move them. But if the householder already prepared them to use them and he's planning to keep on using them already for all the Shabbosim, then they are not Mukse. Okay. Now we're going to continue on more Alagas of Mukse. If somebody had some branches of a date palm, you know what, we make the lulav. So those things that we use for the lulav is called chariyoshel dekel. No. Shegidran leitzim, they had initially been harvested to use for wood, for firewood, to make fires with it. Okay? So if somebody harvested planning to use them for firewood, obviously they are mukse, because they have no purpose on Shabbos that would be permitted. Fire, you cannot make fire on Shabbos. Now, venim lachalen le yeshiva, but then 
he changed his mind and he decided he's going to use them for sitting. He's going to make a chair out of them. Or not even like Mamesh a professional chair, he's going to sit on top of them. So the question is, can you use them? Just by the fact that you, in your mind, you change your mind. Initially, your intention was for mukse, to make fire out of those uh, lulavim. But now you change your mind. Can you, the change of mind take them away from their status of mukse and now they can be permitted? So we're going to see a few opinions. So according to the first opinion, tzarich lekasher. So in order for them not to be mukse, it's not enough the thought. You need to do an action. So according to the first opinion, what we call the Tanakama, tzarich lekasher. You need to tie them into bundles because that is the way people will prepare them for chairs. They wouldn't leave them just loose. When people wanted to use these lulavim, these um, date palms as chairs, they would make bundles of them. So says over here, the first opinion, if you make a bundle out of these palm uh, branches, then you already made an action to prove that you are not planning to use them for burning and therefore they are not mooks anymore. Yeah, that is the Chachamim, that is the Tanakama. There comes Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, Oimer, he's a little more lenient. And Sarech Lekasher. No, you don't need to go out of your way to make a whole bundle out of them. According to him, it's sufficient even just to think, to have in mind that you're planning to sit to them. So these two opinions, okay? So, so the Gemara continues. So this was a Braita taught by Rabbi Barbachana in front of Rav. So the Gemara says, Utanila, initially he, he was an Amora, Rabbi Barbachana. Rabbi Barbachana initially quoted this Braisa, sorry, the Uamarla. And after he quoted the Braisa that brings two opinions, he gave what is a psak. He said, And the Alaha follows the second opinion, which is Shimon Gamliel, which is the lenient opinion. You don't need to do an action. It's enough before Shabbos to have in mind, I'm planning to use this on Shabbos. Okay? Idmar. Now, the Gemara brings a related machloikes on this topic. Amarav, according to Rav, kosher, a person, Rav follows Tanakama. According to Rav, we have to do like the first opinion, you need to make a bundle. Again, if somebody harvested these date branches initially to make fire, and now he wants to use them for sitting, on Friday, you need to do an action to prove that they are not muksi. This is Rav. Okay? Uh, uh, before it was a Braisa, Tanaim, now we're going into Amoraim. So Rav Paskins, Rav rules 
like the first opinion, like the Chachamim, like the Tanakama. Shmuel Oimer, Choyshev. Shmuel, no. Shmuel goes like Raman Shimon and Gamliel, like the lenient opinion. As long as you have in mind to intend on Friday, you're going to see it, then they're already fine. Now the Gemara brings a third opinion. Rabasi Amar Yoishif. So Rabashi, Rabasi, I'm sorry, says, not like the first and not like the second, he comes with a third way of doing things. You have to sit down on them before Shabbos. Seems to be an in-between. Because the one says you have to make a bundle is a proper action. The one that says it's not to think, it's very lenient. This seems to be like an in-between. Just sit down on them, which is also doing something, but you don't have to go out of your way to make a bundle. This is the third opinion, making like a compromise. This is Rav Asi. Okay? Just sit on them on Friday. Even though you didn't tie them, and even though you didn't tend to sit on them. Okay? Look, look in number three. Actually, the footnote explains not like I did. He says he's even more lenient. He said it's not even necessary to consciously intend to sit on them on the Shabbos. As long as you sat on them on a Friday, that would be enough. Okay? So, let's continue. The Gemara is going to try to understand this third opinion. We understand Ram, his ruling according to the first opinion, what you call the Tanakama. We also understand Shmuel, Nami, Shmuel also, we understand him. He rules according to Raman Shimon Gamliel. But all of them are Amoraim. So Rabasi, when he said that a person can be as lenient as long as he, sit down, he sat down once on these branches on Friday, there are no mooks anymore. So whose Tana, in accordance to which Tana, is he ruling? Okay? Who is this lenient opinion? The Gemara answers, He's following the, 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 the following in Tanya and Abraisa. The Tanya, Yotzinebe Fakorin Ebetzipa. So you might go out on Shabbos to the public domain. If you have, we're talking somebody that has a wound. You have a wound in your arm. Okay? And today we use like a gauze, right? You, you put something to protect it. So the same thing in those days. So they would they would put cum flax or cum or cum wool applied to the wound to protect it. Okay? Now this brisa is uh, re referring to go out to the public domain. Okay? Now, what is over here the alaha we're dealing? The melacha of otza'ah, to carry. You're going from your house to a public domain, 
and you are carrying a bandage. You are, you are taking out a bandage. How can you carry that? The only way that you can do it is if it's considered a garment. So in order for this bandage to be considered a garment, the Brisa brings two conditions. One, Bisman She Tzivan Beshemen Ve Krohan Bemeshicha. Provided that you did two things. First of all, that you dip them into oil before Shabbos, because like that, they're going to really protect your skin from, from them. If you don't smear them with oil, then they're all, 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 all also going to be rubbing against your wound. So in order for, for them to be considered part like a garment and they're staying there in a permissible way, have to be smeared with oil. And also, you have to wrap them with a string. So they stay on, 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 on you. They don't fall down. Okay, now we're going to see soon also that how, wh how are we learning from the Alachot of Otsar of taking into public domain to Mukse. Our topic is Mukse over here. So we're going to see in the next page, in the English next page, they bring a footnote in Toysos that we're talking about wool or flax. So these are pieces of cloth. So if a person puts oil on them, he shows he's not intending to use them as thread. He, he's not planning to weave with them. And therefore, they are also not mukse anymore. But if a person doesn't put any oil on them, maybe he's planning after Shabbos to use them like thread and therefore they would be mukse. So really, the same situation applies for two alohes. One is whether they are mukse or not, and that has to do with our Gemara, with our topic. And then, that doesn't have to do with our topic, but is, that is the main topic of that, Brisa, if you're allowed to take them into public domain or not. So again, in order to use them, has to be smeared with oil, dipped with oil, and also has to be wrapped with a string. But lotivan velo beshemen velo if you didn't dip them in oil and you did not wrap them around with a string and you seen by them, you are not allowed to take them out of the public domain. Now, oh, but this is going to be the proof to Rav Asi, to the third opinion. But if a person already walked out to the street on a Friday, if you went out with them, even for a short time, well, it's still daytime on a Friday, says the Brisa, even now, if he didn't dip them with oil and didn't grab them around with a string, then when Shabbos come, he will be permitted to take them out on Shabbos. 
So we see the principle of Rabasi, that even if you didn't do any action to these pieces of material, you didn't smear them with oil, you didn't put a string or anything. But if on Friday before Shabbos, you already started using them for your wound, that shows that they are not mukse, and you're planning to use them for the wound. So on Shabbos, you can already use them. This proves the, the, the opinion of Abasi that going back to the to the to the branches that you harvested, even though initially were harvested for fire, if a person sat down even once on them on Friday before Shabbos, is enough of an action to show he's planning to sit on them and they're not mooks anymore. Omar Ravashi, Ser Ravashi Afananamitonina. We also find that in the Mishnah. It says like this Akasha Gabeyamita. Regarding straw that is on a bed, one now may move it with a hand, but one may move it with his body. Meaning to say, he must shift it around with his body while he's laying on the bed. Again, straw is mukse. Okay? So, um, why? Because look in the fundo number seven. It's usually used to make bricks or to uh, kindling, to make fires. Now, if you want to use it as a mattress on a bed, because it's mukse, you cannot pick it up with your hand, but we, you can move it with your body, that is called indirect handling of mukse, in an unusual manner, which is kelehar yada. So if you do it in a non-usual way, then you can. But look what the Mishnah keeps on teaching over there. Avalimaya machal be'ema, but if this straw has been designated as fodder for animals, if the owner planned to use this straw to feed his cows, then that is not mukse because it's already animal food. Animal food is not mukse. Then he can definitely take it with the hand and use it for the bed. Once it's not mukse, you can use it for whatever you want. But look what the Mishnah says. Oshaya alav kar osadin mibiodium. Or if a pillow or sheet was over it, that, that means that the person had already laid on top of it before Shabbos. So you, we see from here, if the person even took a little nap, he rested a little bit on a Friday on top of this straw. That's enough of an action to say this is not muksem. Then says the Mishnah Minano Beyado. Then he might even move it with his hand. Shema Mina. So learn from this Mishnah that even a small action on a Friday would be enough for something not to be considered muksem. Okay? So we finished the clarifying the three opinions. The Gemara asks, 
Uman Tana de Pali Gale de Rabban Shimon Gamaliel. Now, we saw three opinions. So far, we explained the third one. The second one, Rabban Shimon Gamaliel said, is enough to have intention. Okay? But the first opinion said, you need to make a bundle. You need to make a proper action. So the Gemara wants to know, Man Tana de who is that Tanakama? The first opinion that requires to tie the branches, to do a proper action for them not to be muksa anymore. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva, it's Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva. Where do we find his opinion? Says the Gemara, the Chiasa Rab Dimi, when Rabimi came from the land of Israel to Babylonia, Omar Zairi, Amar Abihanina, he delivered the following teaching based on Zairi and Demar Abihanina. And he said, Pamachasalach Rabihanina ben Akiva, I think this is a different Rabihanina. It once happened that Rabihanina ben Akiva went, Le Makomechad, to one place. And he found exactly our case. Branches of the eight palm that people had harvested, but they had in mind firewood. And then he said the following to his students. Make an effort, like go out of your way. Like mentally designate these branches that we're going to be able to use in tomorrow as sitting on them. Then, just to end up the story, says Rabbi Zaira, the Loyadana, he based on Mishteava or based on Ava. I don't know, says Zaira, I don't remember, or I don't know what was the special purpose for Shabbos. Either was a house of feasting, like a wedding or something like that, or it was a house of mourning that this instruction he gave. Now, what are we going to learn from here? Very interesting. Shmuel, listen. Says, by the fact that Zaidi said, he concluded by stating, I don't know if it was a base of Mishte or base of Hevel, whether it was a feast house or a morning house. So we see from that. Dafka Beisaila Beisamishne the treaty was only in those exceptional circumstances, there were the house of mourning or house of feasting, that he went with the leniency that just to think would be enough. But if not for that, he would have not allowed him. In a normal situation, he would require more of an action of Allah meaning to say in an ordinary case, kashar in lo kashar lo ye. Only if a person did a complete action as making a bundle or, or, or otherwise would remain a mukse. So we see from that, that the three opinions are, the first opinion is this, Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva, the second opinion is Rabbi Shimon ben Gamaliel, and the third opinion actually is in the Mishnah. Okay. Omar Rabbi Yudeh. Rabbi Yudeh said, 
Magnes Adam Meloku Pasoi Afar Yoseba Kol Tsarkav. A person might bring a basket full of earth into his house before Shabbos and use it for all his needs on Shabbos. Now, it's either for to cover filth or saliva or whatever you need to use. So let me just clarify one thing. Dirt, dust is mukse because it hasn't been designated as a vessel. So if you go to the street and you start one, you, you take a seat in a garden and you want to start playing with sand, you can't, it's mukse. If you want to use it, has to be designated for a, for a purpose. So what Rav Yuda de Amor is telling us now is if you're planning to use it on Shabbos, bring a box into your house and put it in a corner and obviously it's not still in the box. He means to say just uh, uh, put it out and leave it over there in the corner of your house and it's already called a designation and that is enough of an action for it not to be considered mooks anymore. The Gemara is going to question on this. Darash Marzutra Mishme de Marzutra Raba. Marzutra, explain the name of Marzutra Raba. And this is this addition. This leniency would only apply if the person set aside a corner of the house where he stored this earth. That means he piled it up on one corner and didn't spread all, all over the ground. Because if you would scatter, scatter the dust, the earth, all over the ground, then it's considered, and people step on it, it's considered battle. And it already becomes part of the ground and goes back to be mukse. If you want it to work that is not mukse, leave it in one corner of the house. Okay. Now, Amr Rabbanan Kameh the Rapope. The rabbi said in front of Rapope, Keman, whose opinion Rab Yehuda is following? Again, Rab Yehuda is an Amora. So when he says it's enough to bring earth without doing any action on it and just leave it in one corner of the house and that is enough not to be mukse, whose opinion is he following? So they said, Keman Keramashimon Gamliel. He must be following Rabbi Shimon Gamliel that says that intention is required. They Rabbanan, because according to the first opinion we just saw was Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva, they said, Hamri al Maise, it wouldn't be enough just to bring the dirt because he requires some sort of some sort of action. So we must say that he's following that opinion. Are you with me? Okay. Amulei, but Amaleura Pope, but Papa said to the rabbis, No, why are you telling me can only go according to Rabban Shimon Mangamliel? Maybe in this situation, maybe even Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva, which is the first opinion, the Chachamim, the sages, would agree that this would be enough. Why? At Amri Chachamim only said that you need an action 
el abemide de baravida bemaise. In a situation that you have something that is capable of having an act to be performed to it. Just like in the palm branches, that you can tie them into bundles and then makes them more suitable to be used as a seed. So that indicates that the person wishes to use them for a purpose. Abalmide de lobar miabda barmaise. No. But something like this, like earth. What, 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 which mice, which action can you perform into the earth? What are you going to do? You cannot make a bundle of earth? So maybe even in this case, maybe these sages would agree that this is okay. That you don't need to do an action. It's enough that you brought it on a Friday afternoon and you placed it in the corner of the house. And that's enough an indication that is not muxi. The Gemara says, um, Maybe this opinion and this explanation of Rapapa is really connected to two opinions of two Tanaim that disagree. Okay? Because we find in Abraisa, Let's move to 50A3. Bakol Hafin es Akelim. One may rub utensils to shine them on Shabbos with anything. Which means any sauces on Shabbos you can make them shine. Hut mikli chesed be garatikon. Except if you have silver utensils with tartar. Why? Because silver is a soft metal, and if you use tartar, then it scrapes the silver, and it makes it smooth. So look in the footnote. Then, in the footnote number 12, then you will be making the melacha of a smoothing, which is an ab melacha. One of the 39 labors is to smooth. So therefore, because silver is a very soft material, and this tartar is the deposit that forms in the barrels of wine, that is a special material, special chemical, that might make your silver smoother. Okay? But, continues the brisa. No, but this is the brisa. Now the Gemara makes an implication. Ha, however, neser rechoil mutar. It's implied since the Brisa only prohibited um, for silver using this um, tartar, but you can even use nitre or sand. Okay? There are two different materials that to shine silver is permitted because these agents do not smooth the silver. Okay, so we have one Brisa clearly stating that these two materials, no, not clearly stating, but you can infer that two materials, nitre or sand, would be okay to clean silver. But Tanya, but there's a second Brisa that even those two are forbidden. Nasab Rechol Asur, a second Brisa says, nitre and sand sand are forbidden also for silver 
So you see two Tanaim disagreeing, being one more stringent than the other regarding this. Says the Gemara, my love, the Falgi, is not the case that these prices differ regarding the following point. The Marsavar Boinan Maise, that the one that holds that um, for something not to be mukse, you need an action. It's the same thing over here. That he holds that you need an action to remove the status of something to become mukse. That is the sound of the nitre. Umar Savar and Maise, and the other master holds, you don't require an act. Look in the fundamental number 13. The Gemara presently assumes that all agree that nitre and sand do not smooth out the silver. Not as I explained, but this is the initial thought. And the Gemara at this stage thought that the issue is rather an issue of mukse. So one opinion would hold that sand and nitre, which is some sort of earth, are both mukse. So the brisa that permits the use of these substances refers to where the person brought in a, in a basket full of them and set a spot in the storage. And this is according to the second opinion, that this suffices to leave the mukse prohibition, this is like Rav Yehuda, even according to the rabbis. Ah, this is like Rapope just explained. And the other brisa that said it's forbidden because they hold that no, that this is only according to Rabban Shimon and Gamliel, but the Chochamim would disagree because you need to do, some, to do some sort of action to it. Okay? So let's continue in the Gemara. So says the Gemara, my love, Akimi Falgi, is not that this is the point of disagreement between the Brisas. The Marsavar Boin and Maise, we explain one holds you need an action, and the other one says you don't need an action. Says the Gemara, no, no, you are not forced to learn that that is what they're dealing with. The Kuli Alma Lovin and Maise. We can say that all of them agree that you are not required an action. Veloy Kasha, which means this is Rav Papa defending his opinion. He said, no, the discussion of this Brisa has nothing to do with Mukse. <laughs> According to both prices, this either nitre or sand is not mukse. So what is what are they arguing with? Look, Asha. So Arabiude ve Arabishimoin. Or famous, we for a few pages forgot about them. Now the Gemara brings them again. We had them a lot in the chapter three and also in chapter two that Rabbi Yudah holds that even something that you don't intend, if it is going to end up happening, is forbidden. Rabbi Shimon says, no, as long as you don't intend, it's permitted. So that's what the Gemara is telling us. So, Rabbi Yudah de Amar, the brisa which forbids the use of nitre and sand follows Rabbi Yudah, 
who maintains that even an unintentional act is forbidden. So therefore, since you might end up smoothing the silver, so it's forbidden. But Rabbi Shimon holds, if you are not intending, it's okay. So therefore, using nitre or sun would be permitted. Okay? So the Gemara is going to try to challenge this. Says the Gemara, Shari. How have you established the Brisa that said that is permitted? By telling me that that is Rabbi Shimon? As long as you don't intend to smooth the silver, you can, do, you can use nitre or sand? Says the Gemara, but look at the continuation of the Brisa. Ema Seifa. Says the Brisa, now the Bryce is referring a person that became a Nazir. Nazir is a person that accepts upon himself a high level of holiness and therefore has three prohibitions. He cannot drink anything that has to do with wine or grapes. He cannot get haircuts and he cannot go to the cemetery. Now, the Gemara says, that the Brisa says, that even though a person can use a nitre or sand to scrap a utensil of silver, now he's telling us a Nazir cannot use this as shampoo, shampooing his hair. Why? Because these chemicals might cause his hair to fall down, to fall down, to drop. And he's not allowed to cut his hair. He might not rub his hair with them. Says the Gemara, Now, if the Brasa follows Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, why wouldn't he be permitted? Rabbi Shimon permits because as long as he doesn't have an intention, we already said, if you do something without the intent, it's okay. We have, we have learned in a Mishnah that says, Nazir, a Nazir, Chofev, can rub his hair uh, with nitre and sand, Umefaspes, and also he can separate the earth the hairs with the hand, Avaloisorek. The only thing he can use is a comb. Because just washing your hair with a shampoo, not necessary, your hair is gonna come out. But when you comb it, then for sure some hair is gonna come out. So as long as you don't comb it, according to Raman Shimon Mangamiel, in that Mishnah, it would be okay. So in the previous Brisa, we saw it's not okay. So you cannot tell me that that previous Brisa was Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon. In. The Gemara says you're right. So it cannot be Rabbi Shimon, right? So we have to say that both are Rabbi, Rabbi Yuda. That the one that permits rubbing with nitre and sun and the one that forbids, both are according to Rabbi Yuda. How come? We straight and I believe the Rabbi Yuda. These two different opinions 
whether in this particular case Rabbi Uda would permit or not. Ahí Tana Aliva de Rabbi Uda Sabar Garir this Tana that uh, says you can scrape silver with nitre or sand. So he Sabar Garir he says you can scrape One second. No. So it's like this. The one said you cannot. Sabar Garir. The Tana that says you cannot is because he holds that also nitre and sand scrap silver. Right, Tana. And the one that said that is permitted. Aliva de Rabiuda. Sabar Logarir. 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 He holds that nitre and sand will not scrape the utensil and therefore he permits it okay again we wanted to say that the one will permit is Rabbi Shimon and the one that forbids is Rabbi Uda we prove we prove from the second part of the Brisa speaking about Nazir it cannot be Rabbi Shimon so now we have to go back to say okay it's Rabbi Uda now if it's Rabbi Uda why one says you can use nitre, one says you can't. So this seems to be more of an argument on the on the metzius, on the what's happening over here. According to one Tana, nitre and sand, yes, scrap silver. And the other one holds, nitre and sand do not scrap silver. So that's, it's very simple the argument is 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 an argument on on reality of, of what's going on when you use these components says the gemora no you cannot get away with that answer you are establishing that the brysos are following rabbi Uda, but then just like in the previous situation we brought from the end of the brysa a challenge against Rabbi Shimon. Again, we're going to bring from the end of the other price a challenge against Rabbi Yuda. How come? It says, Aval Panav Mutar. So when we said in the Brisa that a person can use this nitre and sand to brush the, the hair. Then we said, um, one second, yeah, but then we said, washing his face, hands and feet with these agents are permitted. No, this, I'm sorry, the, the, we're dealing with a brisa that said that is not permitted to use nitre. There was one brisa we saw, it said the Nazir is yes allows, yes allowed to use nitre and sand, but this other brisa says he's not. 
Another, he, he might not use for shampoo, nitre, or sand. Why? Because that might cause his hair to fall down. But the Bryson says the hair he cannot he cannot he cannot shampoo, but the face, the hands, and the feet he can yes shampoo, no shampoo, but wash with nitre. The Gemara says, but how come? Maybe RCR by using these agents he might end up also removing the hair from the face. So how can according to Abiyuda be permitted? So the Gemara gives three answers. If I say Ma'abekatan, so either we're dealing with a minor, that therefore he has no hair in his face. If I say Ma'abeisha, or maybe a lady, also she doesn't have hair in her face. If I say Ma'abesori, or you can also say is an enuk. Somebody also doesn't have any hair in the face. That's the only way to say that both prices follow Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, since we already are in the topic, Shmuel, it's already nine o'clock. You have a few more minutes to continue. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Okay. Let's see. If you if you need to leave, just let me know. Okay. Let's continue. So the Gemara is gonna discuss discuss other agents that a person um, just one second, Shmuel. If you are taking powder brick, <laughs> look, one of the things today are very spoiled with having nice shampoos. In those days, people would shampoo the hair with a powder, powdered brick. Okay? That to wash the face is permitted. Even for, for one that has beard. This is, since power brick does not necessarily remove hair, it's permitted to use it uh, according to Rabbi Shimon. Okay? Now, Amar Rabbi Yosef, Kuspa de Yasmin Shari. Sesame, I think this is going still with the Nazir. Okay? Sesame pulp is permitted. Then Amarove, Afar, Pilpele Shari, crushed pepper is permitted, Omar Absheshes, Barda Sheri. Barda is permitted. The Gemara clarifies my Barda. Amar Yosef, Rav Yosef said Barda is Tilta Ala, Besilta Asa, Besilta Sigoli. One third aloes and uh, one third myrtle. And one third violets. Omar Abnehemah, but Yosef, but Abnehemah Yosef said no. Koleja de Leica, Ruba, Ala, Shapir Rami. He is more lenient regarding Alo. According to the first opinion, uh, Alo seems to be that makes her to come out, to drop, to fall down. So 
According to the first opinion, you can maximum use one-third allows. According to the second opinion, as long as you don't have more than half, that would be okay. Shapir Dami. Okay. Now the Gemara, for just one paragraph, is going to go to a different topic. But my name is Rav Sheshes. They ask Rav Sheshes. Mao, Shabbos. My one brews olives on a rock on the Shabbos in order to sweeten them. Now, if you look in the footnote number nine, this is going according to Rashi, and this is a little bit of a completely different topic. This is just to make olives to sweet, to, to, to have a better taste. What would be the prohibition? That you are kind of creating a new type of food like this. Others explain that the Gemara is really dealing with the same topic. That when you're using these uh, olives as chemicals for, uh, for cleaning themselves, and the problem would be with Baltashkis, to, to make and not use a not nice use of food. You're not allowed to disgrace food. So that, that's the two ways of learning the Gemara. But he said to them, that's what he said. You're asking me if there's a problem with Shabbos? <laughs> Even during the week, this would be a problem. Why? Because Rav Shashis holds it would be a problem on account of wasting food. We saw in Brachos, if you remember, my dear Shmuel, what Shmuel the Amora said that Amar Shmuel. A person may use bread for any type of, uh, or any other food, for whatever he needs. So then, if over here they would like to bruise olives, why not? So the Gemara says, Amri, pas lo miasa. No, the bread, if you use it for other different purposes, it doesn't become repulsive. And that's why, in such a situation, Shmuel would say it's okay. But anemiasi. But over here, in the case when you're going to bruise olives on a rock, they're going to become repulsive, and that's why they're going to be forbidden to do such a thing. Let's go back to our original topic. These three people were sitting on a Shabbos, and they brought before them Barda. Again, this Barda is... A third, a third, and a third. So, according to one opinion. So, says the Gemara, Mashu, Mashu, so, for, first, um, so the Gemara says, Ameymar Verabashi, Ameymar Rabashi Mashu, they did use it, they wash with it, but Marzuta lo Masha, Marzuta didn't want to wash with them. Ambrulei, so they said to him, Los Abalamar, don't you hold what we just saw in the previous teaching? So it seems to be clearly from here that the previous teaching was going with both with the Nazir and was going also during Shabbos, which is with the same thing. A person is not allowed to take out hair on Shabbos. So do, don't you agree with the previous teaching that Barda is permitted? So there was a fourth person in that meeting. His name was Mordechai. And he said to them, Lo, barmine, de mara filu bechol, namelo svira. Le. No, it's not a problem with Chavez. 
he holds even during the week you are not you are not you are not allowed to use barda why sabalakia de sanya he follows the following opinion that it says megaradam galdei tsuave galdei maka shalvesorobish built saroy a person must scrape crusts of filth and cross of wound from upon his flesh only because of his discomfort but if done to beautify himself it is forbidden now we're going to be a little bit shocked with this but look in the footnote number 12. so actually there's a passage that says that a person shouldn't do things that a lady does so therefore anything that resembles what ladies do we shouldn't do so we shouldn't beautify ourselves like ladies do do and that's why it wasn't a matter of Shabbos, even though during the week we wouldn't do that. Says the Gemara Avinu, and if that is the case, how come Ravashi and Ameimar would use it? Says the Gemara, Keman Sabrua, what do they hold? Says the Gemara, Kiadetania, with a different Braisa. A man should wash his face, hands, and feet each day in honor of his Creator. Why? Because Hashem is in the Pasuk says, Hashem did everything for his sake. Meaning to say, if you do think Leshem Shamaim, if you try to look nice and neaty, not for ego, but because we are the Elokim, we are the creator, the image of the image of God. And also you don't want people to speak bad about uh, from people or whatever. So whatever you do really, Lashem Shemaim, that would be okay. Okay, now going back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Nazario Imer, Kupa Mateal Tzida Benotel Shemaitol. Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Nazario said, he tilts the box on his side and removes the food Let's he remove the food, the pot, and he be unable to replace it. But the Chochamim in the Mishnah, they said, you said, you can remove the whole thing. Again, the Mishnah said, if you insulated the pot in a box, and you want to use the pot for two meals, if you take out the pot to serve, then the hole in the box might, might lose its shape, and you cannot move the things because they are mukse. So rather don't take out the pot. Just tilt everything together. And the Chachamin said, no, you can take out a pot and put it back. So the Gemara wants to understand what is the argument. So says the Gemara. Omar Rabbi Abba, Omar Rabbi Hanin, Omar Rabashi. Both opinions the Blizzard and the sages agree that if the sharings fell into the hole after you took out the pot, it's forbidden to return the pot because you cannot move the shearings. They are mukse. Right? So the Gemara says, but none, the Mishnah said, the Haimabrim notel machzer. The sages say you can remove the pot. And return it. So, Echidami, what is the case? If the loan is calculaguma, if the cavity didn't become disarranged, so 
Shapir ke Amri Rabbanan, then it's correct, like when Rabbanan said to Rabbi Lazar Mazaria, that they, they, you can bring back the pot. El alav, aval piedin is aguma. So we have to be referring in a case where the cavity became disarranged. So we see even in that situation, the sages will permit you bring back the pot. The Gemara says, no, 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 that is incorrect. Actually, the Mishnah is in a case where the cavity did not become disarranged. And they are arguing whether we are concerned that it might happen or not. So, Rabbi Lazar Mezaria holds that we are concerned maybe the cavity is going to be, uh, the gum is going to be disarranged and therefore a, a person might come to move the mukse. But the Chachamim hold, no, we are not concerned that this might happen. Okay, let's uh, leave it over here today, Bersatoshim. Shkach Shmuel. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. You too. You too. Shabbat. Shabbat. Thank so, you very much. So tomorrow, if you can. Shabbat will end tomorrow? Yeah, Bezat Hashem. If you can, Bezat Hashem, let's do tomorrow at uh, 